it was a dream, an intangible dream. No one I knew was doing that. That was my next question. I didn't know anybody looked like me doing that, you know? And so that was scary. But also people around you are like, wait a minute, what? You left your investment banking job to <laughs> do what? Dude. Like, are you serious? That And my mom would be like, don't look at those people. She said, you just keep doing your thing. You're going to be the best at whatever it is that you endeavor to do. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hey everyone, it's Marquita Harris, Working Money Editor for Essence, and welcome to Unbossed, a podcast for entrepreneurs, self-starters, and women who are about their business. On today's episode, over at Essence, we are still in a fashion week state of mind. As some of you know, Fashion Month is in full effect, and New York Fashion Week kicked off the season the first week of September. So today, to celebrate, I'm chatting with you, Mindy Francis, founder and owner of UFCG, which stands for you, Mindy Francis Consultant. Group, her company, y'all, and she launched it in 2010. Yumindi has worked with some of the biggest names in the luxury fashion business for nearly two decades, I believe. And for an industry that is just grossly lacking Black folks, especially Black women in large part, this is major. She's worked with Bottega Veneta, Fendi, you name it, she's had them all as clients. Prior to this, as you're soon going to learn, Yumindi was on a completely different career path. And the road to her becoming this very sought after communications maven from various fashion brands all over the world. It was tracked by a woman who just works hard as hell. She don't sleep, y'all. She also doesn't complain. And that's something else that I just loved about her. She doesn't have the sob story. She just moved from challenge to challenge like a pro, like a boss. To me, she's the very definition of fearless. Okay, enough for me. Let's get to you, Mindy. Thank you for coming to Brooklyn, you Minty. It's an honor. Being a Brooklyn girl, I've always loved being at home. (laughs) Good. So wait, you're from Brooklyn. Um, Specifically, what part of Brooklyn are you from? I was born in Trinidad. Okay. And at a very early age, we moved to um, Flatbush, Brooklyn. Okay. And that's where I grew up. And um, I live in Greenwich Village now. For those that don't know, Mm -hmm. you are the CEO and the founder of... You Mindy Francis Consulting <laughs> Group, a.k.a. UFCG. And what do you do there? We have a brand development firm with um, a client roster across five continents. And we develop businesses in the fashion, luxury, lifestyle, uh, and technology space. Uh, we focus on marketing and communications, but we also um, find equity partners for our brands. We work with companies and help them accelerate. Okay. So. We work with uh, emerging company startups all the way to heritage brands who are looking for a reboot. Okay, got it. So, And I lead strategy uh, and oversee um, all of those initiatives. So you are, I mean, you're, you're that woman. You're that person who everybody has to rely on well, for all you. the things. <laughs> In so many words. I can't be. I can't make it happen. <laughs> I mean, I've always loved fixing things. Even as a kid, um, you know, I had a... Uh, a big uh, passion for entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, my career uh, in terms of the area in which I'm in has been a windy road because I didn't, I never anticipated being where I am today. I, I knew I would be successful at whatever it is I endeavored to do, yeah. but um, I wanted to be a surgeon at a very young age. Oh, and I have a question <laughs> about that because I know, I know, I know, I got a few little facts about your background. Oh, okay. <laughs> Before we get to that, what was your first job? First job you've ever had? Uh, this is the first job or the first means by which I made money? Because- the first means by which you made money. <laughs> so I remember being, my mother didn't want me to work. She was very focused on my education and she fought really hard that I would be able to focus on that. And I really wanted a job at like 15, yeah. you know, and I was 16 and I wanted to, I, you know, I went to, I was from Brooklyn. This was the nineties. I went to Brooklyn tech. We were cool. You know, everyone was fashionable mm-hmm. and I wanted more more money to go shopping. And my mom was like, no, you, you're, <laughs> you're good. And uh, I was like, well, I want a job. And she said, no, your okay. books. And so my aunt Jackie, who 
is my, you know, was my absolute champion. She, uh, I decided that I wanted to go to the shopping outlets and I asked her, Aunt Jackie, if I got a bus, if I rented a bus and got all my friends to pay $20, would you chaperone us? She was like, yeah. And so I didn't even know. I made enough money to pay for the bus and have something like five, six hundred dollars yes. to go shopping. And my mother could not believe it. I love she it. She couldn't say no. And I did that like four times. <laughs> and this was when and you're what, like 16. 16. 16. Yes. And my aunt, my cool aunt, she was, you know, the chaperone and every it was, you know, I don't know how many seats those buses fill. 40, 40, 16 year olds, and they all went shopping and we got our guests and we were happy yes. and our polo and we were like, woo. <laughs> I love it. And yeah. do, okay, did Ann Jackie get a cut? No, no. <laughs> I mean, I was just asking, you know, maybe. No, you know what? No, maybe I mean, chaperoning. She, she, should, she probably should have. She probably should. Have. She probably so should have curious. gotten a cut. Yeah, but no, she didn't get a cut. She didn't okay. ask for one, but she really does. Oh Lord, did she deserve one? It. Right. So, have you always been enterprising and and creative in that way? Because it it sounds like I have been. I you know I have been, but I think that. Um, you know, I I was fortunate to have parents who, you know, my mom really encouraged me to do whatever I wanted, whatever you wanted to do, just be the best at it. Mm. Um, so while I came from this, you know, strict Caribbean household, it wasn't like you were going to be this or that. Okay, I had a deep interest in the sciences and it could be because my uncle was in medical school at the time and I idolized him. Um, he turned out to be an entrepreneur. And so maybe that has something to do with where I am today, but I, you know, was a bit of a prodigy and, since I could remember being seven, eight years old, I had a microscope in my hand or something of this nature and ended up, um, getting into this specialized high school, um, you said Brooklyn Tech. Yeah, Brooklyn Tech. And, you know, huge school, thousand students. And I come from a really small private school in Brooklyn. Mm. And so it was a big different world for me. But because of where I was, I, it, you know, they selected 40 of us out of that class okay. to study, um, you know, to prepare us for this bridge to medicine. And we did all sorts of research and so forth. So that was my world and, and, you know, in the sciences and then also growing up when hip hop was coming up and that was, you know, a big adventure and everything. everything. It it shaped who I was. But by the time I got to college, my, I did temple university. University. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at Tiffany, Producer, pod mom, temp- she loves a temple Jackie, grad. who works with me as a Come temple Come on, Jackie. Alum. We're looking, sorry guys, a Let moment, a moment. tell you about this place, <laughs> Temple yes. University. And wait, we've had a couple of Temple University people on here or, or coming up. I'm not going to get into those names though. Because it's going to be a teaser. I'm going to let y'all, you know what? <laughs> let me not give it away. But we'll there's some, some Temple we'll people coming up. Yes. <laughs> what, what a phenomenal place to come up. I mean... So many young black people who were so aggressive Mm -hmm. about their success and winning and community and family. And it's not an HBCU, you know, so we found each other and built this. It it was just it was amazing, you know, and although (laughs) my mate, I'm in organic chemistry and biology (laughs) Everything that I did outside of the sciences, which I was in all, you know, all along was in entrepreneurship or business. And that was like my outlet. You were studying, was it neuro, um, neurobehavioral Neurobehavioral psychology, psychology, right? Yeah. So you were very much on this track to medicine, like, you know, in medicine, in that whole world. Working with the foremost um, researcher on brain surgery, I'm sorry, on on, on neuroscience and doing that research. And I I did that for, for three years, three and a half years and was like, you know what? I want to do something different. I've been in sciences all my life. And I called my mom and I was like, um, you know, I'm going to switch my major. What? (laughs) I was like, I'm switching my major. I'm, you know, switching to, um, I I was a biology major and and this was something that was created and fit me. And I said, I'm, I don't think I'm going to medical school. I think I want to be in business. She said, Mindy, it's a dog eat dog world out there. You were too nice. They're going to eat you alive. I was like, you're in business. She was like, just graduate and get out of that school. And I was like, okay. And I I took a minor in business administration and marketing. So you did a, you ended up 
taking a minor your third year? Yeah. Okay. So how long, like, did this extend? I'm always interested, too, in mm-hmm. college, you know, in education yes. and, and just how you got through it, how you made it work for yourself. Were you um, there a couple of years longer? I was. Or, yeah. I, I, in retrospect, I was afraid to leave. Okay. Fair. <laughs> Especially since I was no longer going to medical school. Yeah. And you've got to know, I've, I have a lifetime of friends now who were all on this track at different universities and we were going to conferences and everything. And they were like <laughs> they were in for, medical yeah. school, you know, they were going forward. They got into Ivy leagues. You know, some of my friends are the foremost surgeons in the world right mm-hmm. now. And I'm so, you know, thrilled. And here I am doing something different and starting over and starting over. Yeah. And I, um, um, took another year and stayed to finish this, and it felt so good. Okay. And I also started a business while I was in college. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. What was okay? So was this when you started your company, or like what? I think my was it kind of like the it. It was kind of my beginning. transition period. I I was vice president of the Entrepreneur Student Association. I was on the the judicial board at 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 the university. I was on the board of trustees. I was doing all these things in business that really interest me. And my friends and I started putting together events. And so the local mall, you know, DKNY and Versace, they were like, who are these kids at Temple that, you know, are bringing all these kids around? And so they would ask us to do events for them at the store. And I didn't know what it was. I was a (laughs) neurobehaviorist. Ecology major and doing all the and, and, and it doing... and it got really really big okay. and we built a really huge community and a lot of things came from that and you know I wanted to do something serious so I decided that you know when there were opportunities when um you know there was recruitment at school I said I'm going to go into investment banking okay that's what you know, that's what yeah another good thing <laughs> and I did that for two yeah. years and it was phenomenal but. After, you know, I said to my mom, I just really want to do something more creative. Yeah. And that's when I decided to, you know, take the still running my business. Now I had I was managing like five venues doing things while in investment banking. It was it was insane, insane. But I was just so passionate about yeah. doing so much. And um, I moved to New York. OK. Was there ever a moment during all of those different transitions that you went through? where maybe you were looking at a lot of your peers and they were at these conferences and, you know, just winning, winning, winning. And you kind of had to start over. Did you, how, how did that feel? Was Honestly, it a it ne- that never, ever bothered me. Good. It never bothered me. What bothered me was, is this going to happen? This is like a dream now. Yeah. I want to work in something creative, the entertainment industry, fashion, something, whatever, is this going to happen? It was a dream, an intangible dream. No one I knew was doing that. That was my next question. I didn't know anybody looked like me doing that, you know? And so that was scary, but also people around you are like, wait a minute, what? You left your investment banking job to (laughs) do what? Like, are you serious? That, and my mom would be like, don't look at those people. She said, you just keep doing your thing. You're going to be the best at whatever it is that you endeavor to do. Keep your eyes on the prize. So it sounds like, you know, you did, there weren't any other people who were doing what you wanted to do, but you did have your mom as a support system. Well, okay, girlfriend, uh oh, girlfriend. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, my mom is you know is a tremendous support system. My my dad died when I was a kid, mm. cancer, and um, my mom, you know, I saw her do phenomenal things. This woman at thirty six turned around and went to school, went to Pace, got a degree in management information systems, and crushed it. Wow. You know, and she and my aunt Jackie started working in a, you know, vitamin sales business. And so at 13, you know, 11, 13, 12, 13, this is what I'm seeing. And I'm like, yeah. eyes like, wide open. That. Like I want to be, that gave me the passion, you know, um, you know, subliminally, but, um, I, when it, when it came down to the time to make that transition, you know, we are the mentors. <laughs> I had friends and they were like, you know, I'd gone to this wonderful, it's it's an insane story. We were doing these secret password parties in Philadelphia. sounds so glad. So fancy. Meanwhile, we're like 20 what? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Hilarious. But we were dressed up and, you know, I'm from New York. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, we were deep, you know, my friends, they hit that highway and came to Philly (laughs) and we turned it out. Well, this one day, um, uh, 
Jay-Z had a show in Philly and the whole squad was staying at the hotel across the way. And they were like, who are all these fabulous young black people mm. going to? And we had this penthouse party. What would we like? 24, 25? <laughs> at, the, at one time, the wealthiest man in the country's yeah. penthouse. It was huge. And they let us rent it out. And we had this secret password party. And so everyone from Def Jam at the time came across and, you know, someone came downstairs and was like, you mean there's only people from Def Jam downstairs. They want to come in. Will you let them in? I'm like, yeah. And <laughs> Maybe. so they came Maybe upstairs we'll and they were like, what is this? You know, and I met the the gentleman who's like the head of VP of marketing at the time. And he was like, who's responsible for this? <laughs> and I was like, me and my friends. And he yeah. was like, okay, we might want to do business with you guys. We're going to, he's like, come to my office next week. We we're like, what? What? And, and we, wow. he was like, yeah, we have some artists coming out and maybe you can help us promote. So my friends and I, we get together and we like head to Def Jam offices. We have a contract and everything. <laughs> and we're sitting there and they're like, you know, he's talking to us and, and we realize that like, he's not going to sign his yeah. paper, but he did introduce <laughs> us to a wonderful woman who said, you know, I love your spunk and I'm doing a conference. It was the National Association of Black Female Executives in Music and Entertainment. Wow. International Conference in Toronto. I mean, network. And oh, wait a minute. Right? I'm working at the bank, okay? Yeah. Like, this is my, <laughs> and I went that weekend. It, I knew it was coming like two months ahead. And I said to my mom, I'm moving back home. Do you mind if I move back home and I don't have a job? She's like, fine. <laughs> You know, she knew. And I went that weekend and met incredible women like Susan DePass, some of the Mm -hmm. women that, you know, I have relationships with today. And it was so inspiring. There's a woman there who said she was a visual merchandising person at a department store and really wanted to be a music executive and started interning at 29. And she was now vice president at a record label. I was like, whoa. That's what it is. And I met all these people who then gave me information. You know, after they were like, come to my office, have an informational interview. I met with this one man and he said to me, you know, uh, you mean your resume is great. You have lots of experience, but I have these people that are about your age and they have like name brands on their resume. If you get some name brands on your resume, I don't care if it's an internship. That'll really That'll get you through it. the door. And I was like, and you're internship. What, like 24, 25. 25? Okay. Internship? Like, how am I gonna <laughs> Whoa. And, and with a with a full-time job and and all these well, well, you, were the at job. Your, you were at your mom's. Yeah. So now you gotta tell mom. For a little, because I was looking I for my you know, I'm like not moving back home home. Like, what's that about? But okay. you know, uh, I did. Okay. <laughs> In the end, it stayed there for a minute. It was lovely. Yeah. Um, and so I that met Fred Jackson, who was at Vibe at the time, and that man picked up the phone. Who am I? Yeah. I'm not on the blip. I'm not in your industry. I'm just a hungry kid wanting to make it. And these people answered their phones. They took my calls. And Barnett, it was like, wow. they replied to me. Yeah. And I was, you know, and and that was it. And I had friends who, well, I had one friend who's working at um, Epic Records as a PR assistant on Sylvia Rohn's team. And she had Missy as, you know, and she was like, Mindy, uh, I have a friend who can help you get an internship. She is an assistant at Elle magazine. I know yeah. it's not whatever, but I but... can get you an internship. And she was a sister. And that's how I got in the door. An internship uh-huh. at Elle magazine. And it was through, it was... Through, through my friend, yeah. through my friend Olivia. Okay. And um, my, you know, who had gone to high school with me, we've been friends. She was working in the music industry. And I decided I I preferred to be on, I wanted to try fashion instead. Okay. And at the same time, I'd gotten an internship at Nicole Miller. Okay. Um, I didn't, because I know about that. I didn't want to ask. <laughs> Hold on. So you're this hungry kid. I mean, I'm saying kid 25. To me, that's still to me, that's, that's a kid. still yeah. kid. kid. <laughs> 25. You're hungry. You're back in New York. You're clearly you feel like you're on this path. Um, what was can I ask? What path was, of desperation. Yes. <laughs> what am I doing with my yes, life? Yes. Like, was there any kind of insecurity at that time? Tons. Okay. All Tremendous right. Tremendous. Because, you know, I come up around a group of overachievers yeah. um, and 98% of my friends were just, you know, supportive and 2% were like, what, what are, are you, you doing? doing? Like, you're crazy. Like, yeah. what? And I'm just fortunate that I had 
a couple the right people believe in me. Mm -hmm. Those couple of friends, um, my cousin who, you know, went to had a friend who went to NYU and found me the Nicole Miller internship on the database or whatever. I was like, apply for this. this. Okay. And so I interned at Nicole Miller and Elle magazine at the same time. Okay. And then I left and I was like, okay, internship over. What were those internships like? Or was it very much like I'm doing this for I like to call these like resume ornaments, essentially. It sounds Hmm. like because it sounds like somebody said like, look, you need two big names. Well, you know, after that conference, I realized interning was the way to get in the door, you know? And so I felt excited and, 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 um, validated in the time that I spent there. And Nicole Miller was great. And what did you do at both internships? Well, at Elle Magazine, I supported the, um, you know, the fashion department and Nina Garcia, who's now the editor in chief was (laughs) the, um, fashion director at the time. And she's remained a great supporter throughout my whole career. And so you, you just learned how things happen. They called in clothes from all the top fashion magazines and I had to organize the closet (laughs) and keep things in check and run for apples and coffee. You know, it's like, whatever. Uh, That was seldom, but the first time it happened, I was like, yeah, Yes, happened. I got my my Admiral badge. And Nicole Miller was a bit different. It was, I mean, I remember my first day on 7th Avenue and it was like uh, Betsy Johnson and Andre Leon Talley. She was skipping down the street and Andre Leon Talley was going, it could have been a bitch. It could have been in my mind. (laughs) But she was skipping and he was in a Darth Vader cape. And I was like, (laughs) And it's just flowing in the wind probably. I'm in the fashion industry. This is crazy. And it was my whole dream. Wow. You know, and Nicole was so wonderful and supportive. And it was a huge, the, 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 office took up the whole floor wow. and it was epic and I had my own wing over here and it was like it was great and I enjoyed being a part of the team and learning the ropes and I had my hand in everything and I said I'm gonna stay until fashion week so I can figure out how this works okay. and um and then I left and then I was like <laughs> what now <laughs> <laughs> so wait but you ended up working for you know after you interned you ended up working for Nicole Miller how did <laughs> yeah, that yeah I mean I that's a pretty in, no wait pa- like mm, wait for it okay I left in February and I remember sending my resume to 100 million places and I remember being home and I wasn't doing anything I was just doing my little events for my old company that I had here and there and I would cry and be like is this ever gonna work out yeah I'm gonna go get my MBA if this doesn't work out by September or what have you. And the CEO calls me and he's like, you Mindy. I'm like, hi. He's <laughs> like, you, we oh. want you to come in. I, he, he said, cause we have a position we want you to fill. I was like, what position? <laughs> he was like in PR. I was like, okay. Yeah. So I came in the office and met with the CEO and he was talking about me, how great he thought I was. And I was like, so do you want me to be the assistant? He's like, no, we think you can be director. I said, What? <laughs> I this is what and I love how this is right after yeah interning I was like uh that is a that's a pretty he was like look at your resume you've had your own company you worked in investment banking you know you you can do this and I was like wow okay yeah and I did the damn thing sure you did (laughs) I was it was amazing you know and I was overseeing public relations celebrity relations Mm -hmm. events the ad campaigns um ad you know media buying all of these things um and it and I loved it and it was it was fantastic and I felt for the first time that I had yeah found my place okay you know and had been given an opportunity I want to know this it sounds like this is your first kind of like Big break on the path that you're on now. Uh, please note that there was somebody who tried to take me down at every step of the way. I'm sure. Ooh, let's, ooh okay. <laughs> we got to get to that. But I want to know, this is your yes. first, first big, big, big job in, you know, in this industry. Yeah. Do you remember negotiating salary no. and all of that? Okay. I didn't. I didn't feel. I was too you're happy to too have ha- the job. Which happens a lot. Negotiating. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Thanks. Yep. And keeping it moving. And I think that there was a time and place for that. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom always taught me, my grandmother, this statement, eat little and live long. And that in the beginning, it it was fear because what I garnered in terms of knowledge, I considered an education. You cannot take that from me, you know? And there was a certain point in my career. And at the time when I was starting out, it was, 
it was, listen, you take this salary or that's, well, that's it. it. Okay. And I've had friends who tried to negotiate and missed opportunities because of it. And that's awful and unfair. But there was a point where I said to myself, I learned yeah. how to do this thing. And I knew there was a point where I would be able later on in my career where I would be at a point where I would be in control of my negotiations. Okay. And I worked towards that. And when I got to that point, it was like, you're going to take my offer or I'm leaving or it I'm on leaving. the table. Yeah. And I knew I had to put myself in that position and it worked very well for me. Okay. I made up for lost time. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Now let's get back to these people who try to take you down. You, <laughs> I want some. So was there, um, was this like kind of like, what, what was it? Was it someone who really maybe was, you know, wanted what you had okay, or, I'm you know, what? 26. Okay. And I'm sitting in the meetings with the designer, the CEO and the management team. And I'm running a, I was even running e-commerce okay. and it was, you know, it was inherent to me. I was a hard worker. And so I was warned that your predecessors didn't fare a, a, as well with this wow. person. So beware, okay. you know, we respect this person, but this person may try to sabotage your position. Wow. And I'm a kid. I'm like, what? And, and but, how do you even deal with that? You know? It, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't deal with it. I had to leave. Got it. I had to leave. And um, it was one of the worst professional experiences of my life. Wow. But I believe in miracles. Yeah. <laughs> because the day that I left and it was like, I remember just needing to leave the building and was in tears. And all of a sudden the phone rang and it was one of the women from the National Association of Black Female Executives Same. in Entertainment. It's like a year and a half later. Out of the blue. And I'm like, Hello? tears and this woman's like hi and she said and she just had to ask me a question and she sat on the phone with me for an hour wow. and talked to me and about life and you know jobs she just left her job in HR and she was helping out and doing this and doing that and I never heard from that person again in my wow. life I felt like it was an angel that I was just gonna to say me. there was an angel moment I and about the, like, I've had so many angel moments wow. during my career like okay. legit you'll mouth on the floor and never heard from that woman again and just dried my eyes and like pull myself together and was like, and crushed it thereafter, yeah. you know? And, um, that was just a magical moment of having somebody pour into me in that moment. So how did you get from, so, okay. After you ended up leaving, was this around the time you started thinking like, you know, I can have my own company. Not even, when not that, even when it that in retrospect <laughs> that, you know, I had a whole 12 year, 10 year, 10 year career, eight, whatever career before I even endeavored yeah. that. And do you want me to just jump to that? Part? No, no, no. Let's back up. <laughs> I yeah, got time. Well, after, after, <laughs> after leaving Nicole Miller, I had sent, uh, which was a wonderful experience. I'm you know, so grateful for um, that. Uh, I had sent out a million resumes to a ton of different companies and, um, that all started to pop up. Okay. I, I worked at, um, an agency KCD, which oh, I worked yeah, with, yeah. you know, on, on the brand, you know, I hired them to work with me at different companies that I was at later okay. on. And that was fantastic. Um, how long were you at KCD? Oh my God. I was only there freelancing for a season. So okay. I was there for maybe three months. Got it. Uh, Victor Glamode, the designer was my boss. He was the most fabulous thing ever. <laughs> And he was working on Versace and I, this was it because like, you know, I worked on the McQueen show and Mark Jacobs and I got to go to the best fashion shows for that season. And I was like, whoa, I was there maybe uh, not even three weeks. And this woman called me and said, Hey, you Mindy, we have your resume. Um, we really want to hire you. I'm like, Okay. And I said, well, I'm committed to being here for a couple months. And they were like, okay. And this was an agency um, by a woman and uh, who had worked in, she went to Harvard, okay. worked in-house at Fendi. She was Italian and had an agency in New York, CNN Media. Okay. And um, I went on the interview and she was like in head to toe Prada. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> she's like so fashion. Like so, so and I ended up moved after... Fashion week was over. I went there and got a position there and was on the team there. And we were working on Fendi, Roberto Cavalli, Missoni. So that's really. Can we talk about your resume? Yeah. Because clearly it got a lot of hits. It like... got a lot. It got 
I mean, like what? Because I like a lot of times you hear so um, so many people get these opportunities from, you know, whether it's networking and it sounds like you have that you have that skill in your back pocket. But also you were out here contacting people, you know, coldly. People, like and just you sending talk out about cold contact. Yeah. The first event that I had with uh, at Nicole Miller, it was we were working with this artist from Miami. Um, no, no, we were working with it was a Harlem Chamber of Commerce. Okay. We did an event with them, and I remember just calling Anna Winter's office and Glenda <laughs> Bailey's office. Hi. <laughs> I'm uh, Mindy Francis, and I'm having an event in Nicole Miller. I would love for you to. And Glenda Bailey came <laughs> and said, "Who is this young woman?" Wow. They called my office out of the blue and just, you it know, just kind and of I was invited like, That's me. me. <laughs> and it wasn't until years later I realized that that was a no-no. Yeah. But you know, but talking you about you know just not just being brave and going after what you wanted. Yeah. yeah. So, what advice? Do you have for people who are, um, I guess, you know, maybe they're a little hesitant to just be that bold. How, where does this boldness come from? I think, you know, again, you know, the boldness comes from um, how I was raised. Yeah. My mom taught me to be fearless. I can't is not something that's part of my vernacular. When I would say it, she would be aggressively angry at me. Okay. Do not. You can do anything you put your mind to. Pray, believe it can happen. And you need to, if you know, I get that everyone doesn't have that background, but there were other women and men that came into my life along my path that gave me the same fire, that understood a bit more what I was actually going through. Mm. So if you find a friend, you know, you're both at the same place, you're 24, just find your tribe yeah. and figure it out and, and, and don't be afraid at 90% of what I did. I was extremely afraid to do, but I did it anyway. Mm, okay. That's, that is a word. Chest gripped with fear. <laughs> yes. And I got a yes sometimes. And sometimes I got a no, but I picked up and I kept going. So now let's fast forward. Fast forward. I mean, I don't want to, but I, I, can, I can sit here and nitpick at it, but I, I know you ain't got all that. I you sent, got things I, to do. Real quick, I sent my resume. <laughs> I had sent my resume when I was leaving Nicole Miller to a ton of places. Uh, when I was at CNN Media, a woman called me and she said, hi, you Mindy. Um, I'm calling from LVMH. I know you sent your resume because you want to work at Marc Jacobs, but I have this position at Louis Vuitton. I don't know if you're interested in it. Um, I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And I interviewed there and got that position and stayed there for a while. And that was a phenomenal experience. I then went on to work at Bottega Veneta at Gucci Group. Um, another phenomenal experience. And then I worked at an international consulting firm, okay. director of their New York office. And then I was global vice president of another consulting firm thereafter. And okay. then I started my company. On your way in this journey, on your way up, did you see a lot of black women? I started to. Yeah. Okay. It was awesome. All right. You know, I really had put my pedal to the metal. So many people around me said things to me like, oh, you're the only black person in LVMH. This one woman that worked in logistics, she was at least 30 years older than me. She would always see me in the elevator and say, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and I didn't get it. Yeah. You know, I didn't get it. I was so razor sharp focused on my success. But in yeah. retrospect, I was blinded from a lot. You know, you're it so was, pissed. I, I, there wasn't. I eventually, as I got to a certain level, women gravitated toward me and I, uh, I took in. that in. <laughs> hey, look at me, help, you know, and there's so many that I'm so proud to know that really took my hand and just put me in places and situations and spoke so highly of me, saw things in me that I didn't see in myself mm. and I appreciated it, but I had to get in the door for them to even see me. There were so little of us, yeah. but there are a lot of trailblazing, you know, black women ahead of me in this industry. Terry Agins, Robin Givon, yes. Bevy Smith, yes. Agnes Kamick, who was fashion director at Essence, that, you know, poured into me and to this day hold my hand and encourage me and help me with the salary negotiations mm -hmm. and help me decide whether this is the position to have or not. You're going to need that at some point in mm -hmm. time. So. You, you launched your company in December of 2010. 2010. Um, it'll be almost, almost, this is about nine years, but yeah. it's nine years. Yeah. Nine years right now. We'll just say that. Um, 
What was that like? What made you, what pushed you to kind of finally branch out on your own? You know, I really felt like after the last firm that I worked at, I just really felt it wasn't a good fit for me. And I wanted to do something different. And I was like, well, I'm going to take a position at Chanel or Calvin Klein. There's one there I'm interviewing for, you know. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden when folks heard that I was, they couldn't find me, the phone started ringing. And people were like, hey, I hear that you, what are you doing? Can you help me with my company? I was like, I don't do that. They were like, well, well, can you help me anyway for a little bit? (laughs) And so I called my friends and I was like, these people are asking me to consult for them. I mean, like, what do you, what do I do? (laughs) My CFO is one of my best friends from high school, currently my CFO and lifelong business advisor was like, Mindy, you remember the reason you actually came to New York was because you wanted to start your own company. There you go. I said, what? Yeah. You started working because you figured that you would be more successful if you had solid experience. And the last 10 years started wow. rushing back to me. I had worked for all of these years because I always wanted my own business. I was an entrepreneur mm-hmm. at heart. And that was a, 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 so, yeah. you know, an earth-shaking moment for me. I called one of my other friends who's French. She's in Paris, my office sister. <laughs> and she's, I said to her, what do I do, Colleen? And she was like, ah. Oh, Consult. If you don't like it, just get a job. Just get a job. Just you. It'll be there. And I was like, okay. And yeah. because of my corporate background, I was like, fine. I'll work with you. And I had a I had a friend um, who said to me, you know, I came to their office. She was a bag designer. She launched Tory Burch's accessories and wow. had her own collection at Barney's. And she said, you are going to be my publicist and do my marketing. And I was like, no, I'm not. And her and her CEO was like, yes, you are. And I said, no, I'm not. And they wrote a check and they pushed it across the table and I pushed it back and I pushed it back and they put it in my bra. And I was like, (laughs) we walked outside. I ran into some editors from W Magazine and they're like, what are you doing? I heard you left your last company. And she said, she's my publicist. And and they were like, awesome. We're going to refer some clients to you. And And so, and then it began. So yeah. what was the first, um, what was the first decision you made for your business? Like what, um, did you, the name, like, what was, it was the name, <laughs> but like what in terms of licensing and, um, all of the different, um, I'm trying to think like, did you want to bring a lot of people in immediately or was it very like, okay, it's just going to be you me. Know, uh, this what? is, this is the beauty of my story. I didn't plan to do it. Okay. And because I didn't plan to do it, that means anybody can really endeavor to do something and build. Um, I, I took it slow. And I think that because of my network, um, that same first client, the next day had two other people who were in business for years. Mm -hmm. Um, she said, listen, these, they're going to call you, charge them this, say yes. And then I had a business and then I, you know, started making phone calls around the world because I loved international business and was flown around the world to meet with other brands. And they signed me. They believed in me. And I had a business. Wow. I I love your story because so much of it, it just boils down to you being clearly just being great at what you do and just working extremely hard. Very hard. Yeah. And I mean, that's not to say, <laughs> right. That's not to say, you know, nobody does, but right. just so many of the stories that you told me, it's like you're, you have good, you know, word of mouth press, like people, they saw what you did and they knew, you know, it was just a sound decision, like to the point where they're stuffing checks <laughs> right. to your bra, like, it's, you know, that. they believe in you, but, um, was there ever a moment when you were kind of starting out and starting to get more, you know, more of these word of mouth clients and where you said, okay, what, okay, you take a step back and you say, I don't know, like, am I going too fast or am, like, can, like what's going, what's let, going through your let head? Me, let me tell you, I was blessed with my beginning. The okay. first year, honestly, was a walk in the park. Okay. I had friends refer business to me, people who admired me working with me. It, it changes and it gets different. Things get serious. It is so hard to run an entity. Mm-hmm. Um, properly yeah. because there's so many, you know, and, and somehow I did it. It's, 
the taxes, the workers' comp, the yeah. knowing all of these things and, you know, organizing yourself around it, finding the right accountant, the right attorney, having all of your eggs in a row. And I realized that I, I realized I loved what I did professionally, but at some point I was like, as I sat at my desk buried in mail, Mindy, mm-hmm. 50% of your business is management. So you've got to slow down on your client intake and take time to have your life professionally organized, um, the business side. And then once I felt like that was in a great place, I started adding on people. You, I understood that it was important to add administrative staff. Yeah. Um, and who, how long did it take for you to feel secure in that way? Um, I had to do, well, you know, my accountant, and who is also my business manager, was a godsend. He had worked with many people in the fashion industry. And... I had gotten him as a referral and he guided me through some of the compliance things. Mm -hmm. And so that was first. And I managed with him and a bookkeeper for a long time. And then as I got bigger, I had to, you know, have somebody in place that could be a conduit, you know, a gap between myself and the employees for, you know, HR purposes. And I wanted things to be um, structured. I wanted my employees to have health insurance, you know, and (laughs) through the years that has, you know, some place you didn't have dental and it was like, it doesn't cost that much. (laughs) You know, I was (laughs) shocked, you know, and, and really fought to, uh, you know, have felt the responsibility of, uh, understanding that I'm providing for the people on my team and had a responsibility to work, um, to ensure that, you know, also I remembered what it was like interning, being an assistant, a manager and so forth, and wanted to make sure that the projects we worked on, they felt happy Mm -hmm. about and empowered because you need them to grow. Absolutely. So what is this? Um, nine years into it, how many employees do you have now? I have three full time, but can work with a team of 10 consultants yeah. like fashion month is next coming it's up next month. Up. And it depends on the projects that yeah. we have. Yeah. Um, and it can, you know, it can fluctuate depending on the type of business we have in the country that we happen to be working, okay. um, with, um, and that's, that's just on the, on the, on the business side of things. The administration is a whole nother aspect. The CFO, the business manager, the accountant, that whole sort of thing, the HR benefits manager. Um, so it's, 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 it's an operation, but I think that, you know, strategically I've always been willing to pivot. I knew that early on that while I, you know, had this vast expertise working with the best brands in the world in, uh, strategic marketing communications and had these incredible, you know, celebrity relations and, you know, just really a hotline to a lot of things that because of my business acumen, um, even in in my previous iterations working at consulting firms, the, the, the brands that I worked with, they wanted more, they needed more handholding. And that's when I decided that I needed to have this development firm. I knew how to build businesses. I knew how to accelerate businesses. I understood the bottom line and a lot of firms, uh, you know, execute in a vacuum. And I believe I'm the only one doing this sort of business where I can not only build your business for you, but make you famous, (laughs) connect you to whomever it is, get you the right partnership, put you in the right door. And the kinds of brands that I represented just evolved. Can you you get into some more? I mean, you've talked about a little bit, but some more of the brands that you represent. Yeah. Well, you know, um, right now, um, I, I represent Justine Sky, Mm -hmm. so that's celebrity talent. I work with studio 189, which I'm so passionate about. This is Rosario Dawson and Abrima Irwi's collection out of Ghana. Um, and they won the sustainability award, um, with Lexus and the CFTA, um, Davidor Paris, which is a fine jewelry collection out of France. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, also has business in the U S. Um, I, work on so many projects with, with working on a fantastic photo project with an artist and a global, um, book publishing company, um, shoe designers. I mean, it's, it's on and on and on, but I really love, um, I find the value. I, I always understood that the world was global and that your, 
while you can grow your brand in your particular pond, that there was always a greater opportunity for growth to spread your wings. Yeah. And so I saw the synergies in that. Okay. Um, and so, you know, over the years, I launched Bumble, the dating app, yes, which was right. phenomenal. A lot of tech business, a lot of tech business, because it's like you have this entity and you want to acquire new users. Mm -hmm. And I have the conduit to making that happen, but also sitting down and looking at a business and saying, these are the things that you need to change or um, move around in order to have this accelerate. Mm. And sometimes you need equity, yeah, money, capital to, to accelerate. And that's something that, you know, I'm able to provide. So let's talk about, let's talk about you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, not, not just the business side, but how do you take care of yourself? Mm. You run a whole company and Pro at work-life balance. And I was going to say, like, I just, because, um, just knowing the way PR works and that infrastructure, and usually it's that CEO, it's that founder it, that's really running the show. Like you have to be there. You have to show up for events. You have to be, you know, you have yes. to be on. Right. When you're off, <laughs> what what are you doing? How do you take care of yourself? You know, I there are times when I can't stop. Yeah. And for me, I allow it. I, I realized it took me a long time to get off of this schedule for myself. Okay. But I realized that I can shape that and it's cyclical. Um, and, you know, one of my things with work-life balance is I have two phones, mm -hmm. friends and family phone and the business phone. And on the weekend, that business phone is in, you know, tucked away somewhere. Got and it. that allows me balance. I take time for self-care, okay. you know, um, I slow down and I, and I travel. What's your self-care? It can be, it can be a lot of things. It can okay. just be taking a Sunday afternoon. It can be taking a Sunday to have brunch by myself mm -hmm. and going to a spa or sitting down and reading a book, which is a luxury, yes. you know, <laughs> or going to the movies, um, meditating, okay. uh, you know, hanging out with friends, uh, a bath. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Self-care is things. one All of my favorite things. things to do is it's, I'm in New York and, you know, Miami's right there. When business slows down and I have this window of calm, I'll hop to Miami for three days and just sit on the beach. And some of that, those are some of my most creative moments okay. where I come up with creative ideas for the company and the projects that I'm working on and the clients that I'm working with, um, that's, that's self-care for me. I love to travel. And those are times when, you know, I figure out when I can do that and get away. So I also, um, if I'm not mistaken, you just got married recently too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't a deep dive, but I remembered seeing the most beautiful wedding video on, I think it was brides.com. Yes. Yes. And like this just immaculate wedding and um what is it, the Amalfi Amalfi Coast, Coast. Yes. yes so has life kind of you know that work-life balance that you were talking about has have you prioritized some of that that off time like how, yeah it how changes it changes <laughs> you just have to make your priorities change yeah. and you have to say no to a lot of okay. things to make time for your family, you know, and, um, it's just, you know, we've been together for a long time, but it was just different. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so it's really about carving out time and, and turning off the phone and being home to spend time with your partner. So do you have any advice for black women out there who want to launch a company yes. in this space okay, or be a part of, you know, that luxury fashion, those, those high end clients. Um, what does it take to be in this space for you? Um, I think that because of where the companies that I garnered a lot of my experience from made it, makes it a no brainer for many brands to work with me okay. and, um, times are changing. And it's becoming different, mm. um, difficult for some, okay. you know, to proceed in the way that um, I had for many years. How so? But, you... Uh, well, you know, um, digital media has, oh, I, I can go, I don't want to take up too much time. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to take I, up your time. No, I could have an opus on this because like yeah. I, I should do an op-ed piece on it because I see what has happened so very clearly. 
Um, and again, I work in many facets of the industry, entertainment, mm -hmm. tech, and so forth. But for fashion, retail, apparel, I mean, you know, um, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram have irrevocably changed the way a lot of businesses operate. And we're in a new wave of realization. I was going to say it has opened up a lot of opportunities for others, which is a, a, yeah. has lowered the barrier to entry, which isn't a negative thing. It's yeah. wonderful. But, um, you know, for many years, it would be, you know, there are these, you know, for, for a company, there are these publications that would be your goal, your pinnacle for you to be in them. And they're struggling to survive yeah. because they're advertised. And I see the entire marketing budgets, of, you, you know, and the thing <laughs> is, it's like, over the years, I was like just see, seeing the just lines completely slope down. The money yeah. that would go to advertising and publishing is now going to Facebook yeah. and Instagram. Instagram. And I think brands are trying to figure out how well that's actually working for them right now. So there might be a return in some sense. I can't quite figure that out. Yeah. But it's also the barrier to entry for um the, the information highway has um, changed things for the retail apparel space. Retailers are having a much tougher time um, having uh, customers come into their stores. Mm. Why, when you can shop online at one in the morning and have things delivered at 11 a.m. Right. to your doorstep, I don't like it. They pick it up at five. You're done. Size is there the I next day. Don't even have to leave. You have time to go to the beach and yeah. read. And, you know, there were time, there were days where sa my Saturday would be wake up because I loved fashion <laughs> and I would go. Go to all these different stores and, and, and inspired. Yeah. And, mm, no, don't not do that. that. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm older or what, but, no. it, you know, it's not. It's so things have changed. Yeah. So. What is so exciting, though, okay. even for me, is, you know, I love working with with startups Got now okay. where before it was like, OK, obviously work with a heritage brand. But there is this lowered barrier to entry and I know how to accelerate a business. Yeah. Oh, my Creativity. goodness. Let's do it. You okay. know, it's like you can realize you can build a million dollar business in a month. <laughs> You know, you can build that. It, it's unheard of. Yeah. And when you mix the right formula with the right know-how and experience with a great idea, it's to the moon, mm. you know? And that's not the reality for every business. If you don't know, move slow, take your time, learn, you know, take your nicks and you'll get there. But when you take the time to line up a great business model and um, you have, you, you know about the logistics and, and these sorts of things and you can build an e-commerce site and build a community, yeah. you've got, you've got customers <laughs> you've and got you've got gold. And as long as what you're selling is aptly priced mm -hmm. and your message is something that your content is something that folks can resonate with, then you're on a path for success matched with capital when you, when you need to accelerate. I, I worked with many businesses through the years who, for some reason, had a huge aversion to taking on capital. And I always said some of really? something is better than some of nothing. Well, th what? <laughs> Sorry, you're not, I, I don't, wanted, no one else is they, seeing my face, but it's just like this big question mark. They wanted to, you know, they were making great money. Okay. Okay. And so they kind it's of, like, uh, yeah, but it's, but... It, do you know how much more, and it's, everything's not about money, but yeah. it's about things don't stay the same. That's right. There's up, there's down. So to me, um, and, and listen, I know how hard it is. I'm at Essence talking to you guys, <laughs> how hard it is for black women to raise. In fact, yeah. my friend Deepoku, who is yes, one of my champions, I love, I, I she has this wonderful women's network and I help her put together in January an event called Black Women Race. That's how I, that's how I discovered you. Really? <laughs> it is through following her. And, um, like, you know, I kind of had heard your name before and was like a little familiar here and there, but there was something about that association. It kind of like planted something on my radar where I was like, okay, I really want, I really want to talk to her and really want to pick her brain. But I read, like, I just love that, like just so much of the work that, and the women that, that attracts. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. There's just something really fascinating about that and what she's doing. And it's phenomenal. And just, you know, because well, black women, we don't get capital. We don't get funding. 
2% of all venture capital, less yeah, than 2% less than of 2%. all venture capital goes to women of color, you know, is garnered yeah. by women of color. And, you know, I, there was one woman who had raised something like $1.8 million mm-hmm. for her um, medical company and her closest competitor raised $70 million. I was going to say like trumps that completely. The yeah. fact that that's her, that's com- her company. competitor. Yeah. Meaning you and this person are neck and neck. They're looking at you. Yep. They want what you got. You want what they got. You're competing. But this entity has 70 million and you're making it happen on 1.8. And, and I really want to change the narrative about that. Yeah. I really want, um, first of all, it, starts with entitlement. You know, you have to know that you are entitled to operating your business and, and accelerating your business in that way. Uh, you also have to know that, um, that it, you know, the the facts. So we need to build these networks that allow, uh, black women to build a community so that we can help each other accomplish our goals in business and build successful, thriving businesses. Um, and, and that's tantamount. Yeah. Fortunate. I thought when I was starting my business, I went to my friend who was an investment banker. I need an investor. <laughs> and he was like, you have a consulting practice. You eat what you kill. So I was what? lucky. You know, I was like, yeah. okay. He okay. was like, you get clients, you grow, you grow and that's yeah. it. So I was fortunate there, but yeah. you know, no matter what business you have, there reaches a certain, there's a point where you have dreams and you endeavor to be something different and capital helps with that. Mm-hmm. And so I just want more black women to think this way and to know that the capital is out there, out there. and you just have, it's hard, but not impossible. And w- because we're talking about it, it's going to be a lot different yeah. five years from now, 10 years from now, because we're creating wealth. It's happening today, right now. And those women that are achieving this success are turning around and helping other women. And it's such a beautiful time to be alive yes. and in business because this is happening now and, and, and the change is happening. It's great. You need to like... <laughs> Have some kind of um, do you mentor? Because you should. I do. Because I'm sitting I here right now. It. I'm like, I'm, what what company do I need to launch? Like you just I you have so much energy and I just take so much calls. Yeah. Multiple, you know, I carved out time on a weekly basis and I just sit and speak to women. Yeah. Um and men, but it's been a lot of women lot that of come women. to me for business advice and it comes easy to me now. I know how to build a business. I know how to build it fast. I know how to accelerate it. So what is, and listen, I didn't have to look for clients. My business was referral to (laughs) for the whole time, you know, and I had to learn how to do business development because my work always spoke for itself. But Mm -hmm. when you want to grow, you have to, you know, and so what is it for me to sit down for 30 minutes with someone and help them realize their dream when so many people have poured into me. Definitely. Nothing. That's my blessing. So yeah, I mentor people. I talk to women and they're like, what can I give you? I was like, nothing. <laughs> my blessing is coming to me. It's I've already got it. And so, yeah, it's important if you can, you, you may not always be able to give someone money. Um, but time uh, is something that you can find and mm-hmm. you can't help everyone, but you can always help someone. So. On the way over here, my cousin, who is a phenomenal principal at a special needs school, I love her so much and what she does. She's a powerhouse. She was like, my hairstylist has a phenomenal business idea. And I told her, you need to speak to my big sister. And she's and the woman was like, can we talk? I was like, Friday, pick a time. (laughs) Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that feels good. Good. It sounds like it just sounds like you're like just. Your body language, everything just kind of <laughs> lights up. Nobody can see this, but um, I could genuinely pick your brain for another two hours. <laughs> I'm not going to do that to you. Um, I like to ask everyone else that comes on to Unbossed two questions. One is, what is the definition of Unbossed to you? And also, tell me about someone dead or alive mm-hmm. who you admire, who you know embodies that Unbossed definition. Yeah. Um, boss to me means brave. And you are brave if you endeavor to do something. And despite 
not knowing whether that thing will work out or not, you push towards it. Every day when you get up and you work towards your dream, whether that's having a business, being the best mom ever, the best wife ever, um, helping out with your church or volunteering at a hospital, that's unbossed because it takes a lot of grit and confidence to have a dream and make it happen. Okay. I love <laughs> it. And somebody who's embossed to you. A hundred percent. My mom. Yeah, I, I knew that was coming was up, like, but, that's, but just from what you were saying before <laughs> about her, I was sitting here like, dang mom, don't, like mom got like, she's switching up here. at 36. She'll take you to church. <laughs> she is I don't get it. Um, She is fearless and I'm not as strong as her. I'm pretty strong, but I'm not as strong as her. But, you know, she's we at this age, we've transcended our she's one of my best friends and she will not let me not believe in myself. Never has, you know, and I've because of her, I've surrounded myself with other women like her who do the same for me. And I've, I've watched my network pour into each other and it's a beautiful thing. And so she is definitely the definition of that. And anyone who meets her is like, Oh, Miss Mineta will tell you (laughs) she'll pull you aside and tell you about your relationship, the family, the everything church, God, she will, she will. So she's definitely on boss because she's fearless. Mm. Shout out to the moms. Um, (laughs) I just all the time, all day. Dads are great, but like shout out to the moms. (laughs) Shout out to the mamas. Um, Where can everyone learn more about the work that you do and how can they, you know, just get a feel for who you are and what you're all about. Where? Yeah. Well, you can, um, I, social media, mm-hmm. uh, human D 360 is my personal, um, Instagram account. And I, I always have so many DMS. I heard, I saw you in this magazine or in essence and you're inspired. <laughs> it's, it's really great. And I, I do read them and I do get back to, to everyone eventually. Ladies out there, you know that. Um, and uh, we're UFCGPR.com uh, to see, you know, what we do, uh, our business online and, and UFCGPR on uh, Instagram as well. All right. Thank you so much for coming to Thank Brooklyn. You. Coming back to Brooklyn. I'm always in Brooklyn. It's a place to be. <laughs> Thanks. It's beautiful over here. <laughs> Well, that's about it. Thank you so much for making time. If you have a burning question or two, just email me at unbossed at essence.com. Tell me about a woman in your life who inspires you to be unbossed. Or if you don't want to email, comment on social media using the hashtag unbossed podcast. And please, please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Say nice things. Say constructive things, please. Okay. See you guys later.